At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. And then ESPN put him on their number one basketball show. You know, their games with Jeff Ann Gundy and Mark Jackson, and he does a great job. So what should I do about this? I haven't texted him back. No, I didn't want to do it until I told com- people. We have this. confirmation. We were we were nervous. You you were passing the phone around Friday evening, and the first thing Liz assumed, she just looks and goes, what are the chances you're getting catfished? Yeah, and then they told me I was catfished. <laughs> and I didn't even know what that was to be catfished. And then I found out that's what happened to Mante yeah, Teo. situation. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Hmm, I remember that other voice. That's my son, Michael. He's in South Carolina, where I hope later today he plays a whole bunch of golf. Uh, So I'm sitting at Uncle Benny's table alone. Nigel's where Nigel is. Sean's where Sean is. Gary Braun is in his home, and he's going to be part of the show today as we attempt to you know, bring regulars back on a more consistent basis. I've been advised that everybody likes that, and I'm happy to do it. There's just distance between us, but that's the world in which we live. Um, we will do a show. Today is Wednesday. We will do a show tomorrow, Thursday, Christmas Eve, early in the morning. In terms of next week, I don't think anybody expects us to do shows, but I'm going to want to do something. I'm going to want to do something because I'm, I don't have television and I'm going to go out of my mind. It's uh, going to be 30 <laughs> degrees. I'm not going to be able to play golf. I'm going to go out of my mind. So at some point next week, we'll work on a show or two. I promise to do that. Today, we are leading with something. We're so happy to have Liz Clark with us, but we're leading with something that is in the news. It is of great local interest in Washington, D.C., because it involves Dan Snyder and the Washington football team and his ability to hold on to the team. And right now, I can see that it is mostly a local story, though certainly Wilbon and I did it last night on PTI because we are both, although Wilbon is marginally from Washington because he's never here. We both spent, you know, a lot of our professional careers covering uh, the Washington team. And it will be a national story. It will be if the league, as it did with Jerry Richardson, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, says, that's it, you're done. And we're selling this team. That would make it a national story. Liz Clark is part of the team of people on the Washington Post who have been reporting this story out for months now in one form or another, having to do at its core with sort of the sexist culture of the people who run the Washington football team. And please forgive me if I slip and do the nickname that I'm used to for so many years. So we'll start with Liz with the overall question, which is what do we know? Um, thank, first of all, I, thank you, Tony. And it's so great to hear your voices. Happy holidays to all. Um, so what was new yesterday in our report in the Washington Post was uh, the revelation or, or reporting of 
a $1.6 million settlement that the team paid a female employee at the time um, to resolve uh, an accusation of sexual misconduct against the owner. Um, this was a confidential settlement. The alleged event occurred on one of Snyder's private planes on a trip from, back from Las Vegas to D.C. Um, we didn't uh, include, you know, much detail about allegations of what did or didn't happen. But to be clear, the settlement included no acknowledgement of wrongdoing on Snyder's part. Um, so, you know, there are no doubt two markedly different versions of what did or didn't happen. We tried very hard to reflect the differing versions um, and, and were unable to get, you know, people to talk with us. But the, the existence of the settlement is significant because it comes against a backdrop. You, you foreshadowed um, the, the strife legal action that's been going on since May. Um, at, I, get, I easily get lost in the weeds, so I'll try to be brief and let you take charge as you do so okay. well. But okay. um, there are three lawsuits ongoing that seem to expand weekly, and there are two separate NFL processes, one um, an arbitration process and one an investigative process that are private. So um, I'd say 80% of this has successfully remained private, but in the various lawsuits, certain facts and elements are slowly entering the public docket, which gives all, the public, us, you know, any media, a little window on on that answers some of the questions afoot. Okay, it is a non-disclosure agreement. These are perfectly legal in the United States of America. Many heads of businesses have entered into them for a variety of reasons. The current president of the United States has at least one and probably more than one. I think both Wilbon and I are of the position that we need to know what is specifically alleged. That doesn't ever have to come out. My suspicions are that the league will know, but that the general public will not know. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. I think, um, you know, it, 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 it seems clear that this, uh, these allegations or in this settlement are, um, are is something Beth Wilkinson, who is con the lawyer who's conducting the NFL's investigation into the workplace, that she has come across, that she's aware of. No mm -hmm. doubt it will be in the report she makes to her bosses, who in this context are the NFL. There's no presumption that that report, her findings, will be made public. That's right. not really how the NFL works. Um, but, yes, I think the only scenario when where I see – um, versions of what was alleged and and what Snyder's response was that that comes forward is if the woman would like to tell her story, which um, she certainly has not wanted to, as is her prerogative, um, and uh, or, or Snyder would like to to tell his version. Okay, the the, the importance in both, yes. The importance here, of course, is that this is something directly uh, tied to Dan Snyder. The videotapes that were made, the cheerleaders' complaints, 
they were during Dan Snyder's ownership of the team, but nobody nobody has specifically said, well, I guess somebody said he ordered them, but nobody really believes that on the videotapes. And so you, you have to tie something to Snyder. If the league is going to move on him, it has to be tied directly to Snyder. I don't even know if it's legal to reveal details, but I don't know that, that that's a, a real big deal here. Is this enough? Is this enough, do you think? And I know that you... Last time we talked, you got closer and closer to the edge of thinking it was enough that Dan Snyder could be forced out. Um, given that, as you said before, the legal document admits no wrongdoing, right. none at all, um, at all. And that's how you get a payment or else you don't get it. Is this enough on the face of it to force him out or are we still a step away? Oh, certainly not. Um, I mean, in that as you smartly pointed out a moment ago, it's unclear what was alleged. And yeah. and yeah. it's unclear if if his account, which, again, I it's obvious he is not acknowledging wrongdoing, and I'm sure he has a different version, um, it, it, are the circumstances of what was alleged such that it will ever rise above a he said, she said? I mean, uh, you know, you might think of the Christine Blasey Ford um, accusation. It ultimately against Brett never, Kavanaugh. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, that was yep. never able to rise above. Here's my recollection. Here's your recollection. And mm -hmm. it, it, you know that. Well, so so that's one piece of why I, I I don't. That's your question is a leap way too far. It's, it's nothing I would speculate on. But I I will say the league. I, I disagree with you about uh, Jerry Richardson. I do not think the league forced him out. The league, okay. the league made him pay. They fined him $2.5 million. And I think, you know, my understanding is that the terms of the league's sanctions and punishment against him tipped him into selling uh, the team, which he was already going to do, that, that he, All right. you know, walked away. But that's a fine, quibbling, anal point that I'm making. But, All right. uh, you know, it's a high, high bar. The league has not taken teams away from each other. So let me, let me get to this. And again, and I specifically said that thing about uh, nondisclosure agreements because I would suspect that a, a number of people who own teams in this league and their other businesses may have had to sign those for whatever their reasons were, sure. they may have had to sign those. Let me get to something, because I talked to Jeannie about this. And Jeannie wanted me to ask you this question. Does Roger Goodell now have enough evidence to conclude that sexism and harassment are systemic in this particular organization? That could be something you could move on. You know, so we don't have any sense of where Beth Wilkinson is you know, mm -hmm. in the arc of her work. In other words, is she in the fourth quarter? Is she typing as we speak? You know, it, as I've tried to follow the various tentacles of this, the three lawsuits, the two NFL processes, they seem to keep growing, keep expanding in scope and in claims and in arguments back and forth. And she's currently defending herself against a lawsuit from the Washington team's former general counsel about how much and what she is prepared to disclose. And that suit has been dropped, but that issue of what can be disclosed and disseminated is still, is still being fought out. So, you know, I don't know that Goodell has any information right now. So I guess the question okay. is, the information that we believe will come to him, is, is that enough? Uh, you know, I, I would think it's enough to make a case for 
an organization where there was systemic uh, sexual harassment uh, on a troubling scale going back 15 years. This new uh, disclosure about the $1.6 million settlement, um, it, it takes it to a new dimension. But again, it's unanswerable because you don't know that's what right. was alleged, and, and is it provable or is it disprovable? In other words, is there exculpatory evidence that Snyder might tell the league that, that, can, that you know, makes this a non-issue? I don't know. The great, the great irony of this, for people who haven't really followed it, the great irony of this is while it seems to center on misconduct of a moral or immoral nature having to do with men and women, that the motivation is money here. The people who want to sell their team, the people who want to sell their shares know that they will get more money back if the entire team is sold than if only a small portion of it is sold and Dan Snyder remains the owner. So as Don Olmeyer once told me famously, the answer to all your questions is money. But it brings me around to something else. The climate is different now. The reckoning is different now. Those things that 10, 15, 20, and 30 years ago, mm-hmm. as we saw with Brett Kavanaugh, those things in the past that could be smoothed over in ways then cannot be in ways now. And I, I wonder what you think the influence of that is, the social and cultural change in the country, how that will influence this. Well, you know, oh, that's so interesting. Um, I mean, I think the Ray Rice episode, and specifically the disclosure of the video of the Ray Rice episode, which I think was 2015, 14, it's one or the other, um, that radically changed the NFL's level of wokeness, I, I guess, or awareness that um, treatment of women should be among its concerns. I mean, to paint with a very broad brush, the NFL had an investigative arm for decades, as you know. My sense is it was focused on game fixing, you know, players, you know, people trying to approach players um, with sort of mob influence or gambling or um, sort of crime related. But so it was post Ray Rice that the NFL brought in Lisa Friel, a former um, prosecutor of sex crimes in New York. They hired uh, several hugely accomplished women to, to, you know, expand its work on, on social issues, on the issues you alluded to that have become more t- in prominent and more part of our conversation and awareness, both uh, as individuals and I think at the corporate level for sure um, since 2018. So that the NFL has pivoted to be aware of that. But the real lever, whether you're talking about changing the name of this team or whether you're talking about is it a big deal to um, treat a female employee in a sexist, you know, way, um, or worse, um, is really the corporate reaction. It's always, with the the NFL, it's always going to be, you know, are sponsors upset? Are are broadcasters upset? Is the money that's underwriting the league, both national league sponsors and sponsors of individual teams, are they uneasy with this association if you don't seem to be standing for the values that they as a corporation project? And that is, in a nutshell, why FedEx 
you know, ramped up the pressure on Dan Snyder yeah. and, and said, you know, if the name is not changed by 2021, we are gone because because of, they specifically said brand damage. We risk damage to our brand by associating with your brand because our values don't align if you keep having this name. And I think that fundamental lever, that pressure, it will, will apply in this case, too. Thank you so much for this, and thank you for your good work with everybody else on the post and trying to, you know, at, at sort of take a very, very wide view and narrow it and narrow it and narrow it. So we'll see. We're still a ways away from resolution, I'm sure, but it has the feel of getting closer, does it not? It has that feel. Each time I think that, again, there's a new lawsuit filed or a new motion filed or a new law firm has joined the case. I mean, yeah. there are now dozens of lawyers. One single document I reviewed last week was copied to 19 lawyers for one oh single... Boy. 19! Um, yeah. And I haven't mentioned the PR strategists. They're, they're, and again, this goes back to your money point. This team is worth $3.5 billion. The co-owner stakes straight value are worth $1.4 billion. Uh, the discounted rate, if you don't get voting shares, is worth $900 million. And, uh, and And you cannot put a dollar figure on what the team means to this market. You know, it, that's incalculable. It, 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 it is a big deal whether the ownership of this team is stable and, you know, not mired in court filings. And it's great that on the field they are, are doing well in a bad division. You know, there is much to sincerely cheer for. There's reason to hope that internally the organization may be turning a page. But, um, but the question of does it have stable ownership, is it an organization fans are proud of, that is a big deal in this market and should be to the NFL. Thank you, Liz. Wonderful. Sure. Thank you. Thank Talk to you, you soon. Happy holidays. Liz Clark. Yes, Liz Clark, boys and girls. Let me bring in Gary Braun. I didn't bring this up with Liz because she's no longer covering the team. She's covering this legal aspect more so than the team. But, Gary, the team was rocked. The team was rocked yesterday by pictures, proof that this quarterback, who's Dwayne Haskins Jr., uh, apparently after the Seattle loss, and it's my spin on it, decided to celebrate that loss. <laughs> by going out and going to a strip club or a party bus. It's unclear, but there's no question that something uh, bad happened because he apologized. Once he was outed with these pictures, he immediately apologized and said he would take accountability. Well, what does that mean to, to fans? So just to clarify, so timeline-wise, yesterday was the admission. Monday night, yeah. those pictures first leaked, and it, oh, was, okay. it was Dwayne at what was reported to be a strip club, but he's in some social situation with a lot of people not no wearing mask, a mask, not social which distancing. Which is in violation of every single NFL protocol. Correct. Everyone. And, and by the way, the, the football team is one that has not had, to my recollection, any issues with right. COVID this, this season. That's right. they've, they've been pretty effective about it. Um, you know, the, the coach talks about culture and culture change and changing the culture, and, and anyone who follows this team has heard that a thousand times from Ron Rivera. Uh, so, I, I mean, to, to borrow from Liz, I would say brand damage, question mark. I mean, I, I, I don't know. My first reaction was this this dude's got to go. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, me too. I know, okay, I, I know he's a local kid. I know a lot is invested in him. But he, he has 
a history, albeit a short history, and I, and I understand about being young and making bad decisions, but he's just got a, a repeated history. This is, in fact, his the second time he's had a COVID violation. He had someone in his hotel room against protocols earlier in the season. Um, they say they're going to handle it internally. I haven't seen anything since yesterday. I don't know if you have. I don't, I don't know what No, what, but here, what here's what I would say. Has, if any, but it, um, I mean, you need a quarterback right now, so it, it, makes, yeah. it a little, makes it a little problematic. I would say that the day of or the day after the final game that the football team plays this season, he's out when they don't need him anymore. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I don't, know how, I don't know how many times you have to deal with this kind of behavior from somebody who was your third string at some point. Because it's obvious Ron Rivera doesn't think he's a very good player. That's obvious. As someone right? who's been a fan of this team for a long time, well, yes, that, that's readily apparent. I mean, yeah. t- Tony, the, the, this team, two years after having Alex Smith's leg injury occur, found themselves in a situation where their best option at that position was the same guy. Now, it, it worked out, and Alex Smith played well and they're back in it but i mean that that to me speaks to like a major managerial flaw how how can going back to that dude two years later don't get me wrong i'm i'm thrilled for alex smith and it's been a tremendous story but you understand what i'm saying just from a playing standpoint it's just constantly one step forward two steps back with this franchise and even when they're sort of succeeding on the field which you could argue they are doing now yeah, they're faced with this junk and they're dealing with it all the time. It's just it, it's soul crushing. And it's why the fan base is just is just beaten down right now. We will take a break. Um, Nigel, will Greg join us when we return? I'll say, yeah, is Nigel there. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, I know that's the plan. Well, I'm sorry, Sean. Sorry, my, my microphone was muted. Yes, Garcia will be joining us next. Sorry so he's that. getting up early. Our Greg Garcia, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the football ad, you know, to watch the football games on Amazon Prime. Hey, football fans, are you an Amazon Prime member? This holiday weekend, Amazon Prime Video is the place to watch the NFL Live with back-to-back games. On Friday, Christmas Day, the Vikings take on the Saints. That's a good game in an NFL Christmas special. Then on Saturday, the 49ers face the Cardinals. Eh, not as good. In a divisional showdown, only on Prime Video. You're not an Amazon Prime member? Don't worry. Sign up for a 30-day free trial, and you get both games. That seems good. And you can catch all the action on any device almost anywhere in the world, except I, I just don't think you can get it on a La Crusette. I just don't. I don't. It's a pot. <laughs> so this holiday weekend, relax, tune in, and enjoy the NFL on Prime Video. Friday, Viking Saints. Saturday, 49ers Cardinals. Coverage begins at 4 p.m. Eastern for both games. Kickoff at 4.30, both on Prime Video. And as I like to say, it's presented by Bud Light Platinum. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. We're all contagious, connected through the air. Fingers crossed and go and get some donuts if you dare. Thousand rolls of toilet paper on the shelf. I'm quarantined from myself. This is Dan Byrne. This is called Never to Be Forgotten Kind of Year, and I'm going to read his message. A few weeks back, a loyal little named Aaron Mercer reached out to me after hearing my songs on the TK show. He's a music supervisor out of Nashville, needed a song for Reddit's end of the year video to be used with Reddit posts from the whole year. 
Because of the songs you guys have been so kind to play, wanted to give me a crack at it. Long story short, I wrote the song and it did indeed become the song they've used. It's had around a quarter of a million views so far. <laughs> Boom. How good is that? How much That's fun fantastic. is that? Dan Byrne, never to be forgotten kind of year. And so we have our never to be forgotten kind of board up, Greg Garcia, who joins us. And I will set this up by saying a package arrived in the mail from me a couple of days ago. I had no idea what it was, and I opened it up, and I did see on the front of the box, it said Amigos de Garcia, which I knew was Greg's logo, and so I opened it up, and it's, it's caramels. It's individually wrapped caramels. Um, I guess some people in Greg's family are dentists, and they felt that if I ate enough of these, <laughs> all of my fillings would come out, and my teeth would completely rot. Are you sure you weren't being catfished? I know this is from this is from Greg and I'll get to exactly how I know it's from Greg in a minute. And it's it, the caramels are made by one of those, uh, you know, um, tree hugger companies and God bless them. And they use natural pro whatever they use. They, they donate stuff. And, and maybe Greg has friends there. And there's a political philosophy to that. That is fine. But how I knew it was from Greg is pasted to one of the things that announcing the net. What's the name of the brand? What is the name, Greg, of them? Good karma. I don't know what you're talking about. It sounds yeah. sounds like you got a gift. I don't. I don't know. What uh, I'm not sure. So here is here is what was printed and pasted on. I'm quoting now: "Dark days behind us. Darker days ahead. Might as well eat candy. Soon we'll all be dead. Hope you have a miserable holiday season." Okay. So now, how do I know it's Greg? Because under that is the. The attribution to the author, and of course the author is Louise Gluck, and she's that terrible poet from my high school. And if she didn't write this, this is Greg. This made me laugh out loud in my own kitchen. Out loud. No, I loved no. it. She, that sound, Louise is very generous. I, we work together. That's only, that has my logo on it because we work together a lot. She writes a lot of my shows. Uh, oh, my God. I, I, well, at least I think she does. She mails in the scripts, and they say written by maybe Louise Gluck. So I, I think. Uh, it's such a catfish thing on maybe Adam Mandel and maybe Mike Green. The caramels are lovely, and the Louise Gluck reference made me very happy. How was your son's television debut that I watched? What did you think of it? Tell the people what he did. Oh, man. He was on a show called Station 19. He was in full drag, which isn't something he does on a, on a, on a daily basis, although he, he dressed up for the part. I ran into him in the kitchen after he auditioned uh, on video, and I didn't know who the heck he was. But uh, we had a blast, and he did great, and hopefully this is a, uh, this is a sign for uh, things to come. We'll, we'll see. So, so it, it was so confusing to me in this regard. I had seen the clip. I thought that the show, I didn't know that the show was about either a police station or a fire station or anything like that. I thought it was about all these drag queens, and I thought that's a show I would watch, not the show that was actually on. Somebody should take those people and build a show around them, don't you think? Look, uh, I'm not going to, yeah. I, you know, look, I, yes, it's probably a good idea. <laughs> You know, more importantly, can I you know anybody to have what, what's that? I said, do you know anybody <laughs> yeah, who could write I, it? Yeah, I had nothing to do with that that job, which I'm proud of. But I'm sure we'll collaborate in the future. Look, I just want to say, first of all, this is way exciting for me to have me, Gary Braun and Nigel 
all yeah. in one place. Three legends who played the same position on the show. <laughs> this is like Dan Marino, Dwayne Haskins, and Dwayne Haskins all in the same place. This is amazing. <laughs> And we know hey, what that I, place would be. I, yeah. I assume, well, I assume you guys are all over that. Can I just say one, three things I think people aren't talking about? First of Go. all, the young man, the young man was supporting a local business during a pandemic, <laughs> and I don't think it's a valid we should point. lose sight of that. Yeah. It's a hero. Also, yeah. I'm not sure why everyone's so worried about him getting COVID. I've been to strip clubs in D.C. If you walk out of there at the end of the night and the only thing you caught was COVID, you consider yourself lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, lastly, Tony, I know he's acknowledged this was him in a strip club, but I'm still not convinced. The picture of him was so blurry. The only thing I'm 100% sure of is that Wilbon needs a new phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Even Wilbon is not defending him now. I, can I ask you a television question which will reveal my ignorance, but, uh, but I truly don't understand this. Every, virtually every day on my television, my television is essentially free. I mean, I have the ability to order cable, which I do and pay for things, but you know, over-the-air stuff is still free. There are these advertisements for the Hulu, and I make fun of the Hulu, but it now seems to me that the Hulu is taking over the world. Do, do, uh, what are they? Do they do original programming? Do they, or do they just give you stuff from 1973? What is the Hulu? It's funny you should mention that. Hulu, well, they do both. They give you original programming, and then they also just air uh, older shows. Now, as as the, the everybody has become you know their own streaming company and now Hulu is majority is, is mostly owned by uh, um, Disney, who was 20th oh, Century okay. Fox, but then Disney gobbled them up. So uh, case in point, so my my shows, uh, the, my name is Earl and Raising Hope were on Netflix because that was one of the only places you would sell shows to on a streamer right. for a long time. Right. Then uh, as uh, uh, people got their own things like Hulu. And it's owned by Disney, those two shows. Now those shows have been moved over to Hulu. Everybody wants their own, their own stuff. Like The Office was on Netflix, but now it's going to be on the Peacock. Because all the networks and the studios that created these shows realized they created a monster by giving uh, Netflix all this content uh, to, to grow and grow and grow. So now they're keeping them, their stuff to themselves. In fact, my last show, The Guest Book, is coming to Hulu around January, you know? So if you're part of the 99.999% of the country who didn't watch the show on TBS, <laughs> you can now have an opportunity not to watch it again. <laughs> so if, if they're owned, Greg, if they're owned by Disney and I'm owned by Disney, Disney owns ESPN, I should get the Hulu for free, shouldn't I? And I should get some, I one of those so. green shirts. I, I get, Disney I get, also owns Disney+. Plus too so they have multiple streams and i don't oh, get they that own, they own everything at this point i get i get hulu for free as long as i'll watch the ads because i have uh t-mobile i can't make a phone call from anywhere but i get hulu for free <laughs> <laughs> so i'm 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 too old and ultimately it will not matter because i will have departed uh before this happens but it does seem that the next thing on tv will actually be no tv that it will all be these streaming services and right I mean, TV is going to disappear as old people understand TV. Yes. Nobody watches networks anymore. You look at their ratings and they're absolutely abysmal. And, and, and everybody, you know, people like me who had uh, 
services like cable or direct TV or whatever, and you cut the cord because the prices were so insane, you, you did that, and then you had two streamers, and now you need four streamers, and pretty soon you'll need ten streamers, and now you're paying double what you did for direct TV. It's just a shell game. They're just, oh, wait a second. Tony, I gotta, I'm contractually obligated to read this ad. My appearance today is sponsored by Kevin Sheehan. <laughs> is he done yet? Sheehan, Kevin is he Sheehan, done? Much like, a, much like a cracker is merely a vehicle to shovel dip into your mouth, Kevin Sheehan is a vehicle to set up one-liners from the brilliant Gary Braun. Oh, you're too kind. Kevin Sheehan, um, like a cracker, only whiter. <laughs> uh, yeah. what are you working on are you working on anything is because comedy you're funny but comedy by and large has taken a big hit in in the you know in this pandemic and everything attached to it i'm taking a big swing i'm writing a pandemic comedy i'm actually down the road with one of these streamers Good. quite a bit uh hoping to get a green light in january it's a uh it's about three idiot convicts who get out of prison because of corona and uh, right. embark on adventures. And uh, exciting, though, Tony, I'm writing this under the pen name Greg Garcia Platinum. So, uh, <laughs> so if, you didn't, if you didn't care for the watered-down swill Greg Garcia usually brings to your TV set, please give Greg Garcia Platinum a try. Yeah. Low-calorie if- version after he's wasted all his A material. Uh, yeah, is, but I must yeah. but I must warn you it's 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 the same thing. So um working yeah, title, it's... Greg? Or no? Oh sprung. The title is sprung. Excellent. So uh, one of the things I had mentioned to Greg earlier in a conversation was that Tracy Roberts and I were you know, because we don't know how to write anything like this, but we had the same sort of feeling that, you know, that you could do a, a show about the pandemic and a man such as somebody like me with a job like me just in his house all the time and all the things that go on and all the people who come over and all the precautions you take until finally you don't take any more precautions because you just can't stand it any longer. I imagine that frustration level, um, all of the things that happen in the United States, you can lay 80% of them down to people saying, I'm just tired of it. I'm just tired of it. You must find that in California, you must find that because California has tried harder than just about California and New York have tried harder than every state to try and contain this. It's unbelievable. I mean, the last time we spoke on the podcast was, was, you know, late March or early April and we were in lockdown and here we are in lockdown again. And I don't even know what lockdown means this time because I don't do anything anyway. Uh, And it doesn't seem like people are doing that much different, but I wouldn't know anyway, because I'm, I'm, I'm in my house and writing and watching TV and seeing our governor at French Laundry uh, yeah, having, a, yeah. having a meal with 15 people. I mean, it's, it's insane. This is like, this is, the other day it was revealed by some in-law that Deborah Bricks, uh, who comes out every day or used to come out every day in a beautiful new scarf and is a doctor who was on the commission with Dr. Anthony Fauci. And she had told people, as every responsible person had said, for the holidays, you know, don't, don't go anywhere. Don't let people into your home who don't live in your home. And then it turns out she goes, you know, down to Fenwick Island with a whole bunch of people who are her relatives but who don't live in the house. And the level of hypocrisy from politicians on both sides of the aisle is, is very difficult to, to deal with, don't you think? And I mean, just say, what are you doing? What do, you, do, do as I say, not as I do? Come on, stop. 
Yeah, it's probably uh, the most eye-opening thing out of 2020 is that uh, politi- politicians and other people in the public eye there may, may not be trusted. Um, it is just it is sad. It, it's sad that uh, you know. Look, I, we're we're rule followers for the most part in, in my house, um, and uh, you know, except for you know. Drugs and infidelity, of course, but but uh, but but no, but seriously, you know, you do you follow the rules, and then you get frustrated with people not following the rules, and especially when it's so so public like that, it's just counterproductive. Thank you so much for waking up early to do this. Um, I appreciate it very much, and please congratulate your son. It was just a, it was oh, great absolutely. fun to watch cool. him. Yeah. Great fun to watch him on TV. Thank oh, you, Greg. My- my pleasure. I, I've, I've been listening loyally, and I just want to say that, you know, I'm wearing Johnny O. I'm cooking meat from Butcher Box on my solo stove. That's and great. Uh, I am embarrassed to admit my first wife did purchase a Subaru a few months ago, and I, <laughs> and I apologize about that. No, thanks. Thank you for listening. Greg Garcia, boys and girls, a rare and wonderful treat for me. That's really, Gary, Never wasn't that wonderful? Funny. Never not Always funny. great. Always great. Was a board up for God's sakes. What talent. (laughs) We will take a break. When we come back, Chuck Todd will join us um, with gambling. He got crushed this past week. I mean, he lost by so little. And and, and I talked him into Denver. We'll get to that. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This Christmas, you'll have two ways to experience the epic adventure, epic adventure Wonder Woman 1984 in theaters and on HBO Max on the exact same day, streaming at no extra cost to HBO Max subscribers beginning December 25th. Plus, with HBO Max, stream the greatest collection of series, movies, and exclusive Max originals all in one place. Discover something new to watch. The Undoing, The Flight Attendant, His Dark Materials, and so much more. Go to HBOMax.com or download the app to sign up and start streaming today. Wonder Woman 1984, by the way, rated PG-13. I'm supposed to say that. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Santa Claus said Eureka Got the greatest idea He called his elves in his office Said it's time to branch out a little This year we'll give presents Not only to the Christians We'll give them to the Muslims To the Hindus and the Jews I pretty much decided That this is what we're gonna do This is Dan Burns' Christmas song It's awesome Dan Byrne has given us two songs today, and if people like Dan Byrne, Nigel, want to send in their original music. A little Lou Reed I don't know vibe. if it's going to be as good as Dan Byrne's, but how do they do it? Yes, please send it to our jingles at TonyCornizershow.com. We asked it be your music or have your friend, if it's your friends, email us with their permission to play it, but send yep. us at jingles at TonyCornizershow.com. So Chuck Todd joins us now, and before he does, I want to read this note from Jeff Field in Wantaw. Wantaw's on Long Island on the south shore of Long Island. Being in the news media, I always keep an eye out for mediates, mediaites, mediaites list of the most influential in the industry. Number 20 on the list this year is Chuck Todd. In the brief write-up, they tout Meet the Press as still the number one Sunday morning talk show and the investments NBC is making into the Meet the Press brand. While mediaite fails to recognize, what it fails to recognize is Todd's gambling prowess, his ability to effortlessly link Brian and Steny Hoyer, and his white-hot hatred for Philip Rivers. I think I need to send a letter to the editor, as this oversight must not be allowed to happen. 
But media, I got at least one thing right. Saliza wasn't on the list. Eat it. So <clears throat> you had a tough week last week, and I am partially to blame because I think I led you down yeah. uh, the hole for Denver, and Denver got killed by Buffalo. You lost the Washington football team by a half a point, and you pushed on Kansas City. And then the Rams killed you after you went through this whole thing. And I even asked Jeff Ma about it, about how in the last five years, the double-digit favorites always win. Yeah. And they didn't even, they lost outright. What do you have to say about they this? I, I got nothing to say. Jared Goff. I mean, what, what are you supposed to say? <laughs> you know, you sit here with Jared Goff, and it, and it is really um, – it's astonishing how many – how well the Rams do with him sometimes. He, there are games where he looks like a, a lost boy. You know, he has this look on his face, and you're just like, what was I thinking? How do you bet on this guy? And, and, and then they'll, they'll go and win. They'll probably win the next two games, and they'll probably be in the NFC Championship game. But. So, the, so with four minutes to go, and it looks to everyone like they are going to score a touchdown, they're going to beat the Jets. With four minutes to go, they have a fourth and four, and he throws it. 30 yards downfield and it, it's, it doesn't work it's row. fourth and those, four what are you yes what are you doing they right did that on third and four too it was the same play except the other side wasn't it then they do I two don't... sort of well, uh, anyway it made no sense the play calling no. was weird uh, very weird you did it, it was you know, like did i mean i thought Goff wasn't allowed to ever call any play on his own i thought McVeigh was always in his helmet. Literally, what is it? It expires at 15 seconds, but it's like he is not allowed to make any decisions on his own, right? Well, that those was a were terrible team thing with no audibles. Chuck, those listen, were terrible calls. Terrible Chuck, calls yeah. by whoever made them. This is the stat of the week. Chuck will appreciate this. From between 1978 and 2017, only three 17 point underdogs won in the NFL. The Jets last week, that game ended up closed at 17, were the third in the last three years. So something about those monster spreads now. I don't know. What did they say, though, about the Jets franchise where they're, they're the record hold? Didn't they ha haven't they had the most of these wins? They've done it multiple times. Because they stink, know, and they're, you know, always, they stink mind, they're always plus 17. They have more, they have more <laughs> chances at being 17. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, all right, let's, let's get to the games. And there are uh, four, four changes in the line, uh, two of which, because I even said – when I get to the Indianapolis game, I'll just talk about the fact that I said this can't possibly be the line. Anyway, let's start with a line that stays the same. Minnesota plus seven at New Orleans. New Orleans in the second half of that game against Kansas City looked pretty good. Minnesota <clears throat> had a stretch in the middle of the year where they were fine, but they've reverted. They've reverted again. Will you take the seven or will you take New Orleans? Uh, I don't love at seven points is a lot. I, I don't feel like I know what Minnesota is, is playing for. Um, I mean, I guess they're still alive, right? But they really, they're kind of, right? They're, they're barely in it, I think. Barely in it. Yep. Yeah, they eight and eight yeah. is the best they could do. Um, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and go and take the point and assume that, that, that New Orleans is a little beat up after last week um, and that there'll be a, a little bit of a letdown. Um, but, uh, and plus, New Orleans, you know, there's an argument to be made. They're, they're, they don't have to win their next two games, and nothing really changes, right? They, they don't have That's to right. blow things out. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to play the game that maybe Peyton's going to be messing around, doing some experimenting, and not care about the spread. So give me the Okay. Give me 
Uh, the Miami game changed. It was minus two and a half at Las Vegas. Now it's minus three. Miami looked good last week. They beat uh, they beat New England. A rookie quarterback, 2-0, won that game, which rarely happens against Bill Belichick. Vegas is in free fall. There's no question about that. Miami on the road, minus three. Will you take them? Uh, I think I'm going to. I'm a little nervous that Mariota might, you know, might have something more in him, uh, and that, that that maybe this isn't a fluke. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and take the. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to buy into the narrative. Uh, I guess on on the Raiders that this season's done. They're done. Um, and the Dolphins have something to play for. I mean, this is you know they're they're they're. Yep. They need to keep winning. Um, uh, so they they need this. Uh, give it. Give me the Dolphins. Okay, here's the big move in the line. It was originally Indianapolis plus two and a half at Pittsburgh. And then I'm sure people watched Pittsburgh. If you think Vegas is in free fall, Pittsburgh is in free fall at this moment. That line has changed to Indianapolis minus one and a half. That's an enormous spread in 24 to 48 hours. We all know, as do the listeners and the emailers, that you hate Philip Rivers. So what are you going to do in this one? <laughs> Here's the thing I've been thinking about. I think I even texted it to Nigel. Does Mike Tomlin lose four games in a row? Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's where it, it, it's sort of like it's one of those, doesn't he have a way to motivate this team? Doesn't he have a way to, to – to, 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 there's just not – but they don't look good. I mean, that no. offense looks anemic. They don't. They just they, – they, they look slow. They look like – the whole offense looks like Roethlisberger. A little bit slow. Oh, he looks terrible. Right. He yeah, looks. And he and Cam Newton look like they're done. Yeah. Just done. Yeah. They were eleven and zero. Well, here's I'll, something I'll, Tomlin I'll, could do. It's a it's a home game for the Steelers, so maybe he could tell Juju to dance on the logo before the game and fire him up. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Get out for I, the kids. I, I I never get. I'm. I think if you look, I don't think I've gotten Indianapolis right for because I'm blinded by the the Philip Rivers. Right. You know, uh, the Philip Rivers rage. Uh, um, and and I'm just not going to forgive myself for betting against Tomlin. Saying this is like one of those games you, you, you take the Colts and you look back and the Steelers one, you're like, well, of course Mike Tomlin's Steelers aren't going to lose four in a row. So you're going to so take Pittsburgh. I'm going to take the Steelers. I, I okay. don't love it for all the reasons it, we're, we're all saying, but this is more of a, man, they got to get their S together. I mean, yeah. they go they go down like this. Let's say they go eleven and zero and end up eleven and five. I mean, that's, that's amazing. A, that's, yeah, that would be yeah. All right, here's your boy Jared Goff playing for the Rams at Seattle. Seattle coming off a uh, tighter than uh, <laughs> anticipated win against Washington. Goff looked terrible late in the game. That has gone from um, plus two to plus one and a half. Rams plus one and a half at Seattle. Uh, and if this weren't COVID, I'd be all over Seattle. I think because this is one of the one of those games you'd think that twelfth man that the twelfth yeah, yeah. man would get mm. into Goff's head a little bit. But yeah, I'm, this I is am, for the division. Am, yeah, it's for yeah, the division. I am, I am, right. I'm betting on McVay here. I'm, I'm assuming they they were obviously looking ahead to this game. Clearly, the way they played. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make that leap. Give me give me the Rams reluctantly, simply because. Um, the Seattle defense will make Goff look like he's he's suddenly gotten better in a week. All right, Rams plus one and a half. The next game is mm-hmm. Philadelphia. This line moved as well. 
It moved from Philadelphia minus one and a half at Dallas to Philadelphia minus two and a half at Dallas. Uh, Philadelphia looks much better with Jalen Hurts. They didn't win, though. I mean, you know, they didn't actually win the game against Arizona. Dallas won, uh, but nobody has any faith in Dallas at this point. Will you take Philadelphia minus two and a half on the road? This is like a game that should be flexed, right? Is this the big division? This is a this is. Well, it's, a four, it's already four twenty-five. Yeah. Nobody loser wants to, to watch this. Yeah, nobody wants to. Loser, so, and I, is this loser? Is this loser goes home? Uh, I well, I think it might depend on what happens with the football team, and this is why the football team was moved to four because if they win, it would have rendered this game meaningless. So yeah, that's right. Gotcha. Yeah, so gotcha. it depends on what happens with the football team, which also plays a four. Um. If I was had some faith in the Cowboys coaching staff, I'd be like, hmm, Jalen Hurts, now they have a little film on him. Um, yeah. This is usually when it slows down. But I don't have a lot of faith in that Cowboys coaching staff. I don't have a lot of faith in that. I, I, I'm, uh, give me the Eagles, I, I guess, but, boy, this is an unbettable game. I'll just be honest with you with real money. <laughs> I just, you know, you're just like – these, these NFC East games, I mean, I, I, I like betting on the football team now because they have a consistent defense. And anytime you can get a team with a consistent defense, you feel, you feel like you at least know what the game's going to be like. But with this, 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 this game could be a 49-42 uh, shootout, or it could be a turnover fest, right? It, it could be anything. I, I, give me the Eagles, but, but, but not with real money. Okay. Tennessee. Uh, this surprised me. I learned this fact yesterday. Tennessee has scored the most points in the entire NFL. Wow. Tennessee by one over Kansas City and by two over Green Bay, and they go to Green Bay. They have These are two of the three highest scoring offenses in all of the NFL, and Tennessee is getting three and a half, which really seems a lot to me. It really does. But it's what do you night, think? It's a night game, and it's Lambeau, and it's December. Right, right. So but there's no night. fans, and it's yeah. empty. True, but it's <laughs> yeah, going to no be fans. super cold, a yeah. little colder than usual. So, um, you know, it's interesting. This is a total degenerate gambling stat, but this is something <laughs> like this is only like the third time ever that there's been an over under of 53 points or more in Green Bay in December. Wow. Okay. The point being, obviously, because it's usually so cold. There's usually so cold. Wind, people don't score. Whatever yeah. it is. You know, all that stuff. Boy, this is a game, though, Derrick Henry could run for 300 yards. You know, he's the Packers run defense is terrible, and he's this is like cold weather. He may, try tackling that guy in warm weather, medium weather. I imagine cold weather is even more painful. Um, I, look, this is a game that, they, it, that if the Packers lose, there's going to be all this narrative that says the NFC stinks. Here's the third best team in the AFC beating the Packers at home and all of that nonsense. So as a fan, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to this game. I think three and a half is a lot of points, and I like the hook. So my head says Tennessee and that hook. I, it, 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 it kills me, but it, I think three and a half, I'm with you. That's a lot of points, especially when you have Derrick Henry it in is. December in cold weather. Yeah. Okay. And the final game is Carolina getting two and a half at the football team. The football team, I assume, will be quarterbacked if he can, you know, get off the party bus. I, I assume Dwayne Hoskins, Haskins will, will, because they haven't said that he's out for COVID reasons, so I assume he's the quarterback, but I don't know. Can, can I ask a 
uncomfortable question. What yeah. what um, jurisdiction was this gentleman's club that Mr. Haskins went to? Don't know. Was it a, I don't know. I it, do not know. Because I, I, I did... I didn't know that Mayor Bowser was allowing the establishments to to um, right. to flourish. Right, I agree with you. Right, yeah. I, I was so, and I'm certain that Mr. Northam's not allowed that, and I don't know about Mr. Hogan. Right, I just was like, I'm 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 not asking for a friend. I'm just like, where did Mr. Haskins? <laughs> anyway, I no, don't you want to like have, have, it, have it come across like, oh, where's there's openings? You Private know? situation, um, I guess. <laughs> I, I, how do you let him play? In all honesty, I'm serious. Like I, 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 because you don't have another quarterback, yeah, and you're I'm, and you're challenging I'm, I'm for the division. I mean, given the way you've you've messaged the the whole team culture thing, I, I don't know how you can do it. But but you're right. I, you know, I mean, I guess you you get that guy Hinton from Denver. Have him come in and do it. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, maybe I'd put Chase Young under there. He'd probably be more competent. Yeah. Uh, at times. I, look, I just that that's the part of this is is that I'm not 100 percent convinced he plays. Um, not that that would matter a whole lot. I'm struggling with this game. I'm not going to touch it with real money. I, I'm I'm going to go football team because I I I. I I buy the idea that this team likes Rivera and that Rivera really wants to win this game. Like yeah, because he coached something. there and got fired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think All it right. means something to him. And, I, and, it, and it strikes me this team seems to, team seems to like to coach. Well, I mean, to your like earlier the point, like Chuck, to, coach. to your earlier point, you can have a little confidence in doing that these days because the defense is, is legit stout, yeah. you know, so they're going to be well, in you everything. you know they're going to be in it, you yeah. know they're going to be in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a field goal game, worst-case scenario. All right. Thank you, Chuck. Good luck this week. These are tough games. They are. These are really tough. Well, so. especially because you never know which teams are throwing it right. in. Right. You all right. We will talk to you next week. And all that stuff. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. you. Okay. You, brother. Chuck Todd, boys and girls, if we just gave you Chuck Todd, that would be more than enough. But we give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching, watching his iPad, smoking and laughing, hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the bikes by two. Sometimes he throws his boo, boo, boo. When he's had too much Johnny Walker blue. So did you go down to the zoo? Was he at the zoo or was he somewhere else? No, I did go down to the National Zoo. He was there. They were busy rehearsing. You know that annual performance they do at the zoo uh, of a Christmas carol? Well, they were yeah. getting ready for that. They've, uh, apparently, everyone's gotten the vaccine, so they're okay to do this. Um, Good. And you'd be interested in some of the casting choices. Uh, Reginald was playing the monkey of Christmas past. Um, they tried to do a local thing. They got Chase Young is playing Tiny Tim. Howie Kendrick, recently retired, will be playing Paul yes. Pratchett. And John Wall was supposed to play Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> they couldn't get him. They had to scramble. Yeah, I know he's not local, but Gilbert Godfrey apparently is going to play Ebenezer oh, Scrooge. Well so. cast. Gilbert Godfrey. Yes. So, what a blast <laughs> so, from the past. Love Scrooge. Gilbert Godfrey. Who said I don't love Christmas? <laughs> yeah. So the first game uh, we talked about was uh, the game on Christmas uh, with Minnesota getting seven at New Orleans. Uh, we know he's got ties to Minnesota in the past, but he showed me a lovely little video of him performing at the Jazz Fest in New Orleans with Antoine Fats Domino. This is years ago. So clearly he's got very strong connections to the Saints. He will take the Saints and lay the seven. And that you've got to you've got to take him seriously. He was three and oh last week. He's now twenty one yes. and twenty three, climbing up to Mount Five Hundred. He's he's yeah. got to take him seriously. 
Monkey's on a roll. Uh, the next match we gave him was uh, the Indianapolis-Pittsburgh game. And uh, Reginald, I don't know if you know this, he showed me some photographs in a little video. He was an assistant coach on that Indiana basketball team in 1987. And you can see him coaching up Keith Smart just before that game-winning shot and the championship game. So well, then he must know Junior. I think, yeah. I think he does. Yeah. I think yeah. I think in the unedited version of that book that I think Reginald has a larger part in that. But he mm. will clearly take the Colts and lay the one and a half at Pittsburgh. And, of course, the last match we gave him was uh, the Carolina Panthers getting Now, what's he going to do there? Because, because as we speak, we really don't know if Haskins is going to be the quarterback. We really don't. Well, this was uh, this was a still uh, photo shot of him in studio with James Taylor recording going to Carolina in my mind. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. So he's going to take the Panthers in that match. It's wonderful. Wonderful. We <laughs> wish him all the luck in the world. All right. We will get out of here. We will come back with email and a jingle. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. Sing along, Gary. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your email faxes and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all you folks. Man, I cannot. I just can't hit those high notes like I used to. Nah, you were you were a great singer. Now you're just a good singer. You were a great singer. <laughs> Nigel, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, I'd be pleased to do that. Because you were bagel. there today. Uh, I was, yes. Uh, yeah. We love Bethesda bagels. You will as well. We got the bagels today. Sometimes we get the bagel sandwiches, the sausage sandwiches. Just go to BethesdaBagel.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, excuse me if this is off the subject a bit, but just take a guess at how much I can bench press. Go on, what do you think? <laughs> take a guess. 315 300? pounds at the top of my game. 315, <laughs> maxing out at 500. Thanks to our guest today, Liz Clark of the Washington Post, our former and great board op, Greg Garcia, meet the press host, Chuck Todd. As well, thanks to our sponsors today, Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max starting Christmas Day, Amazon Prime with NFL games on Christmas Day and the day after Christmas. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. Um, I'm going to start out with an email. It's a certain sad quality, but it's very nice that Alex, Alexis Pereira, rather, of Queens wrote this. I'm sad to announce that my father, George, passed away last Thursday. Listening to your show on the plane brought me great comfort as you remind me of my dad in many ways. He arrived in New York City from India in 1962, and you share many of the same sensibilities. For example, you both insist on paying cash for everything as though you're on the run from the law. He was a St. John's man. He played trumpet in the band for some of Louis Karnasek's great teams of the late 1960s. He survived by his wife, Olga, and two sons, Edward and Alexis. And for those of you who don't believe in a higher power, George was a lifelong Jets fan who hated tanking and thought Sam Darnold wasn't given a fair shot, so Jets fans can blame him for messing up the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Isn't that a lovely yeah, email? That's nice. um, I've got a whole bunch of others here, and this is an important one, actually, from Carl in Oswego, New York, which is in upstate New York. This is your friendly reminder to look for the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in the night sky this week. They will be in the west, visible for about two hours after it starts to get dark. As an added bonus, you can see Mars overhead. It will stand out because it has a slightly reddish color. And also, this week's night sky will feature a waxing half moon. After the moon gets full on the 29th, you and Chessie will be able to see it on your morning walks. I did this last night. I went out at about 
6 o'clock. So it is now dark for an hour and a half. And I looked in the western sky and I saw two things very close together, very, very bright that I assume were Jupiter and Saturn. I don't know for sure, but I, it made me happy to think that I had seen that. And I did look high in the sky and saw something that was red. It was not a blinking red light. It wasn't a plane. So maybe that was Mars. Maybe, did, but it's 50-50. The Bronze 50, did 50. that on Monday. The Bronze did the, the Jupiter-Saturn thing on Monday, and we saw them clearly. It's 50, I mean, when 50, I say clearly, it's a star. I mean, you look up yeah. there and, you, you know. But yeah. Will Shensky in Silver Spring, Maryland. Has the Red Zone ever had to deal with being bumped to Red Zone 2 for the Bad Boy Mowers Bowl? I don't think so. We've been bumped all week. Oh. Uh, Tom Renner, as the holidays approach, this is a good time to think about entering the Connecticut Press Club annual contest. There are multiple categories for journalists to submit their best work. The deadline is until late January, but with a lighter workload during the holidays and some downtime, it's a good time to get your clips together and submit materials. Let me know if you have any questions and enjoy the holiday. From Jim Flynn in Colebrook, Connecticut. Tony, did you get the personalized title list that I sent you? You haven't mentioned receiving the gift on the air. And of a similar note, because this has to do with Mike Breen, from Al Ruggles in Lexington, Kentucky. I listened intently to the details of the Breen affair, as it will no doubt come to be known. I racked my brain on how to solve this conundrum. How will Mr. Tony find out if this is really a Mike Breen text or not? The pickup off the 516 area code in the number was the key clue, since it narrowed the suspect list down to a manageable 8 million persons. But what about the catfishing risk that added a new twist of intrigue for sure? As I summoned my inner Poirot, Langdon, and even Clouseau, I believe I finally solved this enigma wrapped in a riddle. Use the phone, old sport. Use the phone and call him. You're welcome and happy holidays. From Sean McManus, I'm emailing you from London but originate from a town off the beautiful I-95. I've lived in the UK for four years, and I've realized that Tony Corners of Podcast has a strong listenership here. There are roughly 200,000 U.S. expats in the UK right now. Since you release your podcast early in the morning, it coincides with the expats with a hankering for the U.S. sports commentary. So come 2 to 4 p.m., there are thousands of people vigorously updating their podcast feed for your show. In order to quantify this for you, I've done the math. Let's say that 50% of the expats are male, with 50% of those interested in sports and 5% of those interested in sports with a vague focus on the D.C. area. That means you have a listenership close to 2,500 people in the United Kingdom. Let's throw in an extra 500 for those who hate Subarus, 500 <laughs> looking for U.S. promo codes for underwear, and 10 people listening because they know Nigel. And you got 3,510 people. So on behalf of those 3,510 people, I thank you for keeping us up to date on U.S. sports and getting us through this tough year. From, and also another, from another foreign country, from Guy Degata in Japan, and he writes, home of the Subaru and the Honda Civic. I've been listening to the show for a couple of years now. I often find myself envious of all the people who are connected through your show. I listen hoping to hear something that I am personally connected to. Today it finally happened. I heard you ask, is there anyone who listens to this show that doesn't know everyone who listens to this show? I nearly choked on my noodles. You were talking about me. In fact, as far as I know, I've never met a single person who listens to this show. You've even read an email of mine in the past that nobody I know ever reached out to me to tell me they heard it. The connective tissue of this show never ceases to amaze me. I'm glad I'm finally a part of it. I love that. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Nigel, Chris Lizza here. So I heard that you had Gary on the show rather than me. Dude, he's bold. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> All contagious connected through the air Fingers crossed and go and get some donuts if you dare 
thousand rolls of toilet paper on the shelf I'm quarantined from myself Zoom for your birthday, zoom for your school Zoom, zoom, swimming pool, golden rule Say their names, draw the lines, Kobe, Chadwick, John Prine Editors, creditors, redditors, imposters All day in your jams workers three cheers for the cardboard fans it's a bird in time a dumpster fire a going in throw a fit at a tune choir triple the laces fall down on your rear it's a beautiful ride never to be forgotten kind of year Samosas on the bedspread Streaming to the moon Let your head roll along Politicians every corner Sourdough starter Murder hornets Roadside pickup Lockdown global reach What done to the beach I know that we will dance again I know that we will love again Stubbing through the rain even stronger than before I'm gonna tackle you and smother you with kisses soon as you come through that door It's a burning tire, a dumpster fire Who you gonna hire, an attitude choir Triple of your laces, fall down on your rear It's a beautiful ride, never to be forgotten It's a burning tire, a dumpster fire who you gonna hire? An attitude choir Trip over your laces Fall down on your rear It's a beautiful ride Never to be forgotten kind of year Said Eureka Got the greatest idea He called his elves in his office Said it's time to branch out a little This year we'll give presents Not only to the Christians We'll give them to the Muslims To the Hindus and the Jews I pretty much decided That this is what I'm gonna do But I'd like to get some feedback Hear what you guys think too Eddie slowly got up For an elf he was pretty darn big He looked at Santa He started talking He said, who do you think you are, Jesus? Who do you think you are, Moses? Do you think you're Elijah? Or the prophet Muhammad? I knew Joan of Arc know Joan of Arc, you're as fat as the Buddha, but the resemblance stops there. You're no Mother Teresa, and you're not even Bono, during Hands Across America. You are nowhere to be seen, let's get this straight, mister. You're an employee, you're a delivery boy, like a 
Domino's Pizza Guy. We're the ones who make the stuff. You just haul it around. We work all year long. You put in one damn day. So no more bright ideas. It just ain't gonna happen. We've got our union. We'd never go for it. Not in a recession. When the rest of the industry is looking at cutbacks, is facing retrenchment. In fact, we were thinking of taking the hard line, crossing Catholics off the list, crossing off the Lutherans, let the Episcopalians buy toys for their own kids, forget the Mormons. They got ten wives, they don't need toys, we can have a small party. A holiday get-together, invite a couple Methodists, pour some Gallo Burgundy, Christmas don't have to be a big deal. We can play a little twister, invite some Presbyterians, tell you people ain't even gonna notice. And Santa said, hold it, what the hell is going on here? I may not be Jesus, I may not even be Elvis, I didn't do shtick on comic relief, I didn't sing on We Are The World, but damn it, I'm Santa Claus, I am still Santa Claus, and until I am notified that there's some other Santa Claus, we'll give toys to the Catholics, we'll give toys to the Lutherans, we'll give them to the Seventh Day Adventists, we'll give Jehovah's Witnesses, we'll give them to the Mormons, we'll even give them to the Quakers. Okay, forget the Hindus. Okay, forget the Jews. I don't have their sizes. I don't know what they like. Besides, they don't even believe in me. That sort of yanks my chain a little. Let them fight the holiday crowds. Let them go to Toys R Us. I don't know where Jesus gets off with his golden rule bit. That's easy for him to say. He never had to haul around a big bag of junk. Don't get me started now. I could tell you stuff you wouldn't believe. You think Moses was a pretty good guy? You just go on and think that. Okay, look, I'm Santa Claus. I know my place. I'll be jolly when I'm in your sight. I'll say Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And to all a good night. And if you see Rudolph, I did not say, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? I said, won't you change the hay tonight? That little bugger took off with my sleigh. It was my best sleigh. And I haven't seen him since. Kindly tell him, get his butt back here if he knows what's good for him.